Thank you for listening in. I'm Judy Curtis. I'm a writer of art history books and articles on the American Impressionist movement, uh, and I write for the American Art Review. Joining me for this panel discussion are Lawin Conninagel, a PhD in psychology, who's been painting for the past 20 years. She'll be providing us with some insight into our topic. And David P. Curtis, an artist who has been painting professionally for more than 50 years and teaching oil painting outdoors for over 25 years. He is noted for his landscapes and vista, and he'll be providing some sight for us today. So between us, we cover the gamut of artistic topics of interest to artists and art lovers alike. Well, at least we hope so. So, to begin with this week, what is an aesthetic, and can you have more than one of them at a time? Uh, let's just get to the, uh, the basics. It's a noun, meaning a set of principles concerned with the nature and appreciation of beauty, especially in art. Uh, it can also be a branch of philosophy, uh, dealing with such notions as the beautiful, the ugly, the sublime, the comic, etc., as applicable to the fine arts with a view to establishing the meaning and validity of critical judgments concerning works of art and the principles underlying or justifying such judgments. Well, that sounds really uh, very technical. So let's go to, uh, to the ladies. Uh, or Well, actually, no, we're not going to the ladies first. We're going to the gentlemen. So, David, can you give me uh, some thoughts on what aesthetics mean to you? Well, I think aesthetics is the conversation. It's exactly what we're doing and have been doing for the past three weeks now, is to discuss art. And I think that's what aesthetics is, is the discussion of art. But it's also the expression uh, that that part of as would be. Um, I'm just going to harken back a little bit to last week's uh, discussion of beauty. And I'm thinking of Keats' poem, Ode to a Grecian Urn, in which, as he sums it up, is that um, um, that um, to a friend he says, beauty is truth and truth is beauty. Um, and I think that those two items as it applies to, um, and I think the whole poem applies to the aesthetics of this Grecian urn. And as he uncovers the, the, the quality of the, what this urn has brought to life in his day versus uh, the... Um, thousand years that have gone by since it was created, uh, I th I think bring a bring about this whole concept of what aesthetics is because I think it re references this idea of truth and beauty. Uh, but if we understand, he's not just talking about the the principle of beauty as we did or the principle of truth, but he's seeing that both of those items aesthetically pleasing in the urn itself. Okay, well, yes, it's. Uh, I, I don't know anybody who's written an ode to an urn other than Keats, but he did a beautiful job. Um, Connie, do you have any thoughts on, on that? I do. I was going to say that, um, that what David's talking about, uh, that the poem itself uh, begins to give us human characteristics to the urn, and that, in, uh, that the urn starts narrating through the poet's voice, the history of people, uh, its, um, its immortality. And I believe that you also see that in, in works of art, visual works of art. We talked last week, too, about the Vermeer 
girl with the pearl earring. We talked about the sergeant, uh, Lily Lily, uh, Rose Carnation. Both of those are are aspects the um, in which the artist, like the poet, is giving human characteristics to a an event, an experience that is then immortalized. And that experience or that immortality is referenced in the painting, and the painting becomes aesthetically pleasing. And that's where aesthetics comes in to elevate, actually, the human condition. Okay, so this sounds to be uh, quite a, a lofty subject. So let's look at it in terms of you going outdoors as artists to paint. Um, how would you go about incorporating aesthetics into your work? Is it something you do consciously, unconsciously? Do you do it at the beginning, uh, setting up, or uh, at what point is it just part of the overall process? Uh, definitely it's part of the overall process, but I think it's that technical part, in a sense, of the actual beauty we could, we could sit and appreciate it. And as I said, wrap it all up and try to bring it home as a gift. Um, and um, but that would be very difficult. It would be a, a a storytelling event, or if I captured some of that in the painting. So I think when it comes to aesthetics, I think it's the explanation of the beauty. So how I go about explaining it, my vernacular, my language in painting, um, hopefully comes through as a as a I don't want to say style because I think that diminishes it. But it's a, it's a technique, meaning a way of doing it that's going to hopefully exhibit this, this truth and hopefully those emotions and those feelings come through the painting as I, as I, as I painted it. And I think the aesthetics is, a, is much more of a conscious means of showing what beauty and truth is or explaining what truth and beauty is aesthetically in a discussion such as we're having. Mm-hmm. What about you, Connie? How do you incorporate it into your work? Well, I was going to say that uh, when we talked about beauty, I believe that that is an evaluative aesthetic concept. Uh, we're evaluating something in a, in a whole way, saying it's beautiful, it's unified, it um, it's, uh, carries. But when I think about artistic or aesthetic concepts uh, out in the field, I would think more descriptively. And I would think of um, that I want to set up attention in certain aspects of my painting. And I want to make it dynamic. Now, how would I proceed to do that? I might do it through color, through um, the way, the placement of the forms in in the design, the overall design of of the composition, uh, all of these uh, aspects and more go into the aesthetic, um, or into the aesthetics of of that piece. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's interesting as to how um, how it plays such an important part in in art but then art should play an important part in our daily lives, I think. 
Um, I was looking at something recently. It was a painting done by Aldro Hibbard uh, when he was working in 1913. He was on a page travelling scholarship and he was painting the exterior of um, St. Mark's uh, Cathedral. And uh, in writing about it, Charles Mavali mentioned that Hibb was putting to good practice one of his favourite mottos, associate with your material aesthetically as well as physically. How, what do you think that Mavali meant by that? How would you, was he meaning that because you're painting a cathedral you have to have some um, higher feeling uh, in painting that? Well, I don't know if it was a feeling as as much as I think he references material as to be what was in front of him, what he had to build his painting with. Mm -hmm. And St. Mark's Cathedral would be quite different than one of the canals uh, in Venice. Uh, so the I think that's what we're talking about, is the aesthetic quality of painting a canal, which might have a lot of shade in it, just a little bit of light, and the cathedral, which is all lit up. Mm -hmm. So I think it's the it's it's also too. I think he might have referenced Hibbard's love for broken color. Yes. And uh, I think uh, Hibbard's um, uh, appreciation of that was also in that church. If we look at the multiple colors that the church takes on uh, in light, um, and then the busyness of it all, the broken, all the people, the pigeons, everything that was going on in the in the little um, in the little plaza there. Uh, was very probably very important to the the building of that painting uh, versus the quietude of a of a mountain stream in which you're the only one who's there and if you're lucky a bird might come along and say hello and <laughs> fly off. <laughs> so, uh, as I said, that um, Hibbard was on a, a traveling scholarship at the time. Unfortunately, it was cut short by the outbreak of the First World War. But he spent about fourteen months out there and the idea of the travelling scholarship was to broaden the horizons of the student. Now Connie I know that you have painted in Europe on a I think you were on a walking tour of Spain at one point. Um, That's right. Do you, do you find that painting in a different country that, that, that is quite different to where you're sort of living at the time uh, you know the moment is is there an aesthetic there that you can pick up on that's different to how you would approach painting over in your own home? That's an interesting question. I hadn't thought of it that way, but um, but I do think that there's certain things that, um, that perhaps um, unify a painting uh, and balance it, and that would make it aesthetically pleasing. Um, perhaps overseas we would see uh, different, uh, just like you were talking about the canals uh, in Venice, or uh, I was walking, the walking tour was the El Camino de Santiago that went from the French Pyrenees down to the Atlantic Ocean in Spain, northern Spain, and, and there are lots of different uh, aspects to the terrain that are very different from America. And uh, that would allow me to to maybe punctuate or de-emphasize certain aspects of my uh, my painting style. I, I do think that aesthetics does involve style, um, 
I don't mean it in the sense of something that's very, um, that's just, um, you know, kind of a, a, a technique. I mean it in terms of something that, that again, carries the overall experience mm -hmm. of the painting. Mm -hmm. David, I remember you uh, painted in England for oh, about uh, 18 months. Last century, I believe it was in, <laughs> if you can remember that far back. Did you find there was a, a that you approached things um, in a different way aesthetically simply because you're within a living in a different culture at that point I know you were based in uh, in North Yorkshire did you find that the ambience uh, created a different mindset well I think it is that timelessness that uh, in the history that was in England um, by the time I got there I mean it's you know there's thousands of years had gone by and different culture had been there and walked in the same footprints as I had. So I think, yes, aesthetically, that was of uh, extreme interest. Mm -hmm. And uh, no biting insects, that was a big help <laughs> in painting out of And that was aesthetically pleasing. And <laughs> also, too, the sun doesn't go down in parts of Yorkshire till 10 in, at night in the summertime, which meant that I, I could paint all afternoon and there would be a... Uh, in New England, we have this sort of light that ends around 8.30 in the longest part of the year, but over there it would be 10.30, so I could have supper, then go out and still paint. Mm -hmm. So I think painting out of doors in a different location does create different aesthetic qualities. But I think, the just to harken back to beauty one more time, where in how it's different from aesthetics, is I think the beauty is 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 always in existence, and I think the aesthetics is the interpretation. It's the it's the pointing out of what we see in nature. Mm -hmm. So whilst you're out there working in nature, um, I have a quote here from Immanuel Kant, who I think is uh, somebody who Connie uh, admires, and the quote: "The sublime moves, the beautiful charms." So when you're painting something like um, Bolton Priory in England, which goes back hundreds of years, did you feel, is there a, an aesthetic feeling as you're, as you're painting something that's uh, hundreds of years old? Do you get a different... You're not just painting the nature, the, the river, the, the landscape, the sheep that are wandering about. Is there something where you're talking about a, a building of such antiquity like Hibbard was painting San Marco, when when an American comes across something, the architecture of England that's so so much older, do you get a different, uh, different aesthetic feeling at that point? Yes, yes, most definitely. Uh, I think the aesthetics would um, would be would be different there than it is here. Um, in, in the states, I think um, you know you go out and you paint and people recognize you as an artist. In Europe, they wonder why you're even wasting your time because the great paintings have already been executed. But Americans have this wonderful attitude of, well, there's always something else. There's, there's the moon to conquer. There's Mars to conquer. There's another galaxy out there. So I think, we, this, I think our attitude helps us when we go abroad to paint, to whether it's Spain or England or France. I think it really helps us because I think that newness 
that we're we're expecting um, is a lot of the aesthetics we we take in, and I think we also realize that um, like sometimes the most beautiful thing is in your own backyard, you know, as as was an old phrase, and a lot of people don't recognize the beauty in their own backyard. Um, and yet they put all their aesthetic qualities into it, planting this shrub here, this tree here for the, for, the, for the look of it, which is the aesthetics, but never to try to put it into a painting is, or, or, or an embroidery or something. Okay, so um, Connie, I have here a quote from Alfred North Whitehead that says, Art is the imposing of a pattern on experience and our aesthetic enjoyment is recognition of the pattern. So is an aesthetic um, about executing the painting or is it about enjoying the painting? I think that aesthetics is about enjoying the painting and maybe enjoying also the painting process mm -hmm. because um, I believe that as artists we also... Uh, when we're putting a, a dramatic, when we're beginning a painting, let's say, with a line rhythm of sorts, it's like music. And I was thinking about when we were referring to painting overseas versus painting in America, that, um, that the musical uh, notes that might come arise in the painter are maybe emblematic of that country in a in a sense and so and that under this musical or this rhythm the shaping of of sorts we um we develop some kind of design and and that design is influenced by the um the environment in which we are uh painting as well as um, what we're looking at. Okay. Um, I, I felt that um, I was a bit adrift at the thought of discussing aesthetics because although I know the, the word, I found it a very abstract theme to think that we could talk about. So I was busy looking for quotes or something that would just give me some idea of, so I didn't look like a complete idiot. And I came across this quote by Stuart Stafford that says... Writing is a series of verbal suggestions designed to provoke a psychological reaction and an aesthetic experience. And I think you could apply that to a painter as well, where you're um, giving a series of visual suggestions that would provoke a psychological reaction and the aesthetic experience. Um, would you agree that as painters you're trying to... Um, you're not just painting a scene in nature that you're trying to... Are you painting for yourself? Are you painting for an audience? And are you trying to uh, create a specific feeling that you want to pass on to the viewer? David? That's a, that's a good question. Very good question. Oh, yes, I, I don't know if we can do that. I mean, I wish I had those abilities <laughs> to do that. I just want the abilities to do a good paint, <laughs> let alone tell a, communicate a story. Um, I, I, I believe that when it comes to the aesthetic quality in a painting, uh, the so-called discussion of a work of art, I think it begins with that sort of uh, quality of feeling. 
In other words, um, we when the, our boys were very little, we'd take them to the museum during their vacation time, and I felt where they were so little that they would be better off in looking at uh, things that were um, architectural, 3D, sculpture, Greek Greek artifacts and Egyptian artifacts. Start them off with something they could wrap their hand, their tactile quality things. And my son said, uh, I said, I wanted to look at a Lord Leighton painting up in the wing. So we went up there and my son could identify the painting. And he knew the title of the painting, The Honeymoon by Lord Leighton. And it taught me that he was able to appreciate many forms of art rather than me saying you can only appreciate things that are three-dimensional and here they could appreciate a work of art a painting uh, for I think it's aesthetic qualities so even even a even a child I would imagine would would understand he might not understand that it was beautiful but I think he because I think that's part of the development of the persona but I do believe I'm probably wrong about that to our psychologists here. <laughs> but I do believe that he would he would sense the aesthetic quality in the painting because I think that's the gesture, the design, the the thing that the artist really wanted to the obvious thing that the artist wanted to communicate. I would also say that and this is something that we haven't pointed out in in this podcast is that um, aesthetics is equated with truth. And truth is not the correctness of a position, you know, like, or a proposition that we say, oh, yes, that's true. Uh, What instead we're talking about is a revelation of the being of what is. What is actually, so what David's referring to when he's talking about his child uh, sees something in, in a painting he and recognizes it that is he recognizes the truth in that painting mm-hmm. what it, that painting is supposed to be representing okay um do you are you born with a sense of aestheticism i can't say it um or do you can you teach it if you have students that come to you who have a talent for painting or drawing do you then have to give them a sense of how, of how you can improve your painting by getting this sense of aesthetics into it? I, I do think you can teach aesthetics, yes. I think it's an appreciation. But I think as a teacher of art, I would not want them to destroy their own personal sense of aesthetics, even though it might be a little bashful. Mm-hmm. It might be hiding behind something. Let them bring it out. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they have a wonderful aesthetic sense, and it might be more bold and more e- expressive than their their own personality is. So I think, in the sense of uh, uh, a young student having a be able to learn aesthetics, yes, but also understand their own sense of aesthetics. I think aesthetics are, is personal. I would also say that truth, which I was referring to just a few minutes ago. Um, establishes itself in design. And so uh, when we are talking about teaching composition and design elements in visual art, we are talking about establishing a certain truth or integrity that comes forward through that that artistic design. Okay. 
Well, we'll be drawing to a close surely, so just one more thought that I'd like to share. This one from Cayman Coyer, if I'm pronouncing the name correctly. Apologies if I'm not. Uh, and the quote is, I became an artist because I wanted to be an active participant in the conversation about art. So do you think that you have to be an artist to discuss art? Or can you be uh, an art lover and appreciate it? How many people have you heard say, I don't know anything about art, but I know what I like? Do you have to be an artist before you can appreciate art? Uh I do not think you have to be an artist to appreciate art. In fact, everybody, I, it, I believe, appreciates art. And um, I was going to say that, you know, art, um, even through these, we've been talking about Emil Kant and some of the other um, great philosophers of the 20th century, uh, 19th and 20th century. And according to these philosophers, art has a serious and significant historical function for humanity, revealing the beginning of man. And I believe that all of us, whether we have artistic talents or not, have, have a relationship to that historical quality of humanity. Mm -hmm. How about you, David? Do you think that um, people can discuss art without being an artist? Or do, or do you have to? Uh, do you have to sort of have that same feeling of being able to push the paint around before you can appreciate somebody else's? Yes, and I think I think that's a bold thing nowadays. Is for somebody to come out and say, "I like this work of art. I'm going to hang it in in my house," uh, versus somebody who hires a decorator to tell them how they think and feel aesthetically about their their own uh, their own home. So I think, I think in that sense of opening up and learning about uh, that it's okay to like this type of art and this type of art and this type, and not to allow somebody else to tell you what to like, uh, what to enjoy and what to aesthetically appreciate. Um, I think that's the fun of it too, is if I, if I wasn't a painter, if I never became a painter, I would enjoy thoroughly going to the museum to discuss about art, because I think probably a lot of those paintings, even modern day artists, probably couldn't tell me how they were put together. I wish I wish we could figure that out more, um, but it doesn't take away the joy of appreciating a work of art, uh, especially something that's historical, um, from a point of view of aesthetics, I think, which is, as your friend says, uh, it's the discussion and the conversation that you can enter into. Um, and as far as being a painter, does that mean you know more about painting? Uh, my experience is maybe sometimes not. <laughs> that the person who appreciates painting has, it's, uh, it's their enthusiasm towards the subject, yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you think there should be more, in, uh, more art appreciation in the schools? I do. Yeah, you think yes, that, have I, we, have I we lost it over the years? I would definitely say art appreciation, and I think more art schools, uh, for instead of trade schools, would be very important to be teaching music and painting and theater uh, to young men and women at the age of 14 or 15 who 
academically speaking, they they don't they're not going to progress. But give them another option other than becoming a mechanic or a plumber or, or do, although they make good good sums of money too, <laughs> I would imagine. But uh, not to discourage that the arts, especially in the, for the future, um, where we're going to become more technologically efficient, and, and that's hard to believe. But I mean, I think I think arts going to become more and more important. What the individual wants to say. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for uh, all your thoughts and your contributions. I hope you've enjoyed this latest podcast from Sight and Insight, and we hope you'll join us next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Judy.